wilderness podcast it kind of feels like we have just put out a podcast but it has been two weeks since we put out a guest interview and the reason for that is because we've been podcasting for seven days straight yeah and it was a marathon podcast that you all got to listen to we've had so many messages about it's been crazy yeah Uh, we would love more we've had emails messages you name it from the last show and if if you have not listened to it and you're a way to listen to it, give us your feedback because we're really interested to to know what you think. We've had largely positive feedback, but also a few feathers ruffled, which is what <laughs> these podcasts are about. Yeah, exactly. Well, we are just coming to the end of our kind of American tour of podcasts, and we have a long list of awesome guests to bring you over the next few months. Uh, we have been speaking most recently to the guys at um, the Bears Trust, uh, Logan Young and Jack Evans, and we did a separate podcast with Jack Evans, which is it's completely different, worldly podcast about our place on this planet, which is, I'm looking forward to bringing that to everyone. We've got uh, Eduardo Garcia, who we've mentioned on this podcast before because of his incredible documentary, Charged. So in fact, now, now is an opportunity for you to go and watch the movie Charge before we even put the show out. Yeah. Because the show uh, is relatively soon. In the next month, I would say it's probably going to be out. Uh, So go and check out his documentary because I think it'll add a lot of colour to the interview. And there's things in that interview which I don't think have ever really been heard of before. I'm going to get the full title right now. It's, It's on Amazon Prime UK right now that you can just go and watch it. For the rest of the world, you can also get it on Amazon, but you have to either buy or rent it. But it is worth every, 100% every penny that you spend of, I think it's £9 to buy it forever. It's worth every single penny. It's inspiring. It's, we, I'm, I'm going to get the name it, of it right now. We watched it again the night before uh, we interviewed Eduardo, and he was good enough uh, to cook us uh, a bit of a snack when we arrived just before the podcast. So and we had a look around his family home as well, which was great. It's called Charge, the Eduardo Garcia story. That's what it's called. So look that up. We also had uh, Brad Christian on from Sitka, uh, Ben Williams, who probably most people at home won't have heard of, but he... He's a, an older gentleman who's probably one of the godfathers of upland shooting uh, here in Montana. His stories are brilliant. He's, Absolutely he's, he's 87 years old. He's a brilliant guest. We had such an incredible morning with him. And then we ate lunch with him after the podcast. And then well, he was so kind enough cool. to give us some signed books. He was. And we'll share all the links of the books because he has a long list of books that he's written. Um, that's going to be quite an interesting podcast because because probably just of the age difference, <laughs> um, the way that he explains things is is a bit unique. But yeah. it'll be good. I'm looking forward to, to getting through to that again. We did a session with the, the guys at Mountain Tough Fitness, which uh, we're I'm still, still suffering from. from. My legs are horrendous. Yeah, legs, arms, <laughs> back. I'm I'm just hurting everywhere. But before we did the session, we did a very quick podcast with them. It's a shame we didn't have a bit longer, but if we come back, we'll try and get a longer podcast with those guys. So that's something a little bit different. 
right at the beginning of the trip, we caught up with a gent by the name of Brett Sang, who is actually friends with Brad Christian, and they recently put out a film together for Matthew's Archery. So you can go and have a look at that, uh, that one. It's called The Proving Grounds. Another film, just a short film to go and watch uh, in the sort of lead-up to the podcast that are coming up. Yeah, that was a great, po- great, great podcast. Very, very entertaining guy. The and the dude has an archery range in his basement that he tunneled into the yeah. into the underneath founda- underneath, underneath his, his wall. Uh, but we talk about that on the show. We do. And lastly, the podcast that we are going to bring you today, which was actually the first podcast we recorded in the country, uh, which is with Ben O'Brien, who is one of the now one of the. the members of the Meat Eater crew and under it, Mr. Steve Rennell. Incidentally, it was the last... No, it was it was almost the last podcast we did of the, our time here that we went on his show. Yes, it was, on the, one of the last days. Uh, so I'm not sure when that's going to be coming out, but after we did the podcast on like the Monday with him for our show, uh, just when we were leaving, he was like, you guys got time to come on, come on my show, The Hunting Collective, before you leave? And it's like, we'll make it happen. So we did an hour and a half podcast with I wish him we had more time. We, we, we barely got Scratched into it. Scratched the surface. It, it was a great chat. Yeah, because it was actually the longest we've actually had to sp- just talk about our backgrounds. Uh, so if when it does come out, we'll let everyone know. And it's probably one of the most comprehensive backgrounds of us. We've We've told the story before on like two different podcasts. Well, Ben's a great interviewer as well, and and we've got to know him yeah. a bit, so it was a good but chat. But we, we really got into much more detail than any other podcast before. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to that going out. It's been a whirlwind. I can't believe that it's almost over. We are currently sitting in the Filson office. Um, a friend of ours, um, Chris Douglas, who we've been staying with uh, last night and will be again tonight just before we fly out. But those dates don't make any sense to you. Byron likes to... No, I don't, but it doesn't matter, but that's what's happening. Yeah, it is, it is. But we're going to put another podcast talking about our last few days in America. Yeah, we will. But that will be after this one. Yeah. Um, We have a winner for the podcast that was out two weeks ago with Sam, which was to win a pair of Smith Optics shooting glasses. And we asked everybody to let us know what winter has been like for them in picture form. Yeah. Had a whole heap of entries on Facebook, and we've had a look through them, and one that particularly caught our eye was a really rather lovely picture of some roe deer in a field taken by Glenn Ingram. So congratulations, Glenn. Get in contact. And we will send you out your glasses. We have auctions running. For Hang on. A what? New competition. A new competition. A uh, new competition to win a CZ doormat, uh, which we have given away before and is always incredibly popular for some bizarre reason um, but it is a cool thing to have it in your house and I don't think you can actually go and buy it even if you wanted it it's one of these things that They're, we get yeah. given to give away and it's probably the only way that you can get your hands on it uh, and you thought up a way for people to win it Darryl. basically just share the fact that you are listening to the show we actually get tagged in in these kind of posts all the time anyway. Not many people like screenshotting Screenshot and it. watching it. Um, so however you want to share it, be it Instagram stories, an Instagram picture, a Facebook picture, tag us, tag the pages, however you want to just share the fact that you're listening to the show, do it and then we'll save it and then we'll pick someone from random. That's nice and easy. Yep. It's always nice to see that people are listening to the show and enjoying it. Yeah. And actually, for some reason, in the last two weeks, we've had a lot of those. Yeah, we have. Yeah. People listen to An the unusual show. amount. Yeah. So, yeah. 
just even if it's you know we've had ones in the past where it's um someone's listening in the car and they've just taken a screenshot of their car radio of the podcast being even if it's just that however you are listening to it and just sharing it make sure you tag us so yeah. we can see it uh and then to what daryl was talking about which is really rather exciting. We mentioned that we were going to be starting it on the last podcast, which was that our auctions have started to raise money uh, for the camera traps for the pangolin research in Africa. So the goal is to raise £2,000, and we're auctioning off a whole bunch of items that people have kindly donated or companies have given us or things that we have that we're giving away. And uh, it, it was already started. So I think the first one that went up was some signed Donnie Vincent DVDs. Yep. And so currently I know the top bid on that is £50. That one probably will come to a close in the next few days. But we have another DVD exactly the same that will go up. So as soon as that auction closes, we'll put the, the second DVD We up. also have a lot of Gerber. Uh, it was a whole allotment. of um, It was like a combo set of Gerber. Um, knives, tool saws, saw, and everything. Like bigger Valued at well. about hundred over hundred pounds. Hundred pounds, and that's got a number of bits I think on it. Sixty pounds, 60 it might pounds. be up to. So yeah, get yourself onto that. If you have any items or services that you would like to donate to this auction, we'd be very, very grateful. No matter what it is, then get in contact with us. Podcast at paceproductionsuk.com and we will get it up. We've had a, we've had probably two or three people in the last two weeks contact us with really quite tremendous prizes which we're going to be adding and releasing to the auction. So thank you very much to those people who have contacted us already. All of the auction items are on our Facebook page. So if you just go to the Pace Brothers Facebook page and have a look at the the photos or most recent posts, you will see pictures of the items and all the information uh, with regard to how to enter. Uh, But if you want to look at it all in one place, then just go to our website, thepacebrothers.com, and right at the top you will see Pangolin Auction. Just click it. Everything about what we are trying to achieve is on that page, along with all the auction lots which have been released to date. We we obviously don't want to exclude people that are not using social media, so the auctions go on Facebook, and then you can comment below, putting the price of what, and it all explains on our website how, if you don't use Facebook, how you can kind of put a bid in, and we'll sort it out for you. We're Basically, to, you just email us, but trying to make it. it as easy as possible for for everyone. And like Baron said before. You know the the money is for camera traps, the two thousand pounds, and we're going over in April, and we will hopefully have all those. Well, we will guaranteed. We will have those camera traps ready to go, and we're going to take them out ourselves, and give them to the people on the ground. So not none of your the money that's being raised is being used for us going out. That's, that's we're not, going. That's, anyway. We're going there anyway, and we just want to make sure that they are going to arrive. So we're going to take them there ourselves and make sure that they're all working and everything. That's the plan. So something not to miss out on because there's some great auction lots there. Now we have the podcast out for this week, which is the chat with Ben O'Brien. We kick it off by picking up where we left off last time because in the last podcast, he couldn't tell us what he was going to be doing next because it was still a secret. Uh, But now most people will know that he's uh, involved in the sort of the revamp of the Meat Eater crew. Uh, we were fortunate enough to go into their office, which is quite tremendous. It's in Bozeman in Montana. And that's what he starts telling us about, what he couldn't tell us last time. And then we go on to talk about uh, the North American conservation model 
and uh, how us as hunters can move forward in the world yep. to make sure that uh, we keep can keep doing what we're doing now. A huge, huge range of topics is, is covered. It's a, it's a good one, I think, to kick off the... It's a great start. A great start to all of the shows that we've recorded over here. And like Byron said, they'll, they'll be spread over a couple of months. We're going to have stuff from the UK dispersed in, in between so that you're not just completely... Inundated with, inundated with North stuff American from, from podcasts. Yeah. As fun as that would be. <laughs> uh, well, I think... No, we probably not. We'll have probably one more show in between this one that will go out and that will kind of conclude just the last week, in fact, yeah, our of, little, of, our, of our trip. We had very good intentions of doing quite a lot of short podcasts to tell you what we've been doing, but the reality of it was that we just ended up being so busy traveling between places and interviewing people that I think we only released two, two short podcasts. Two. So we'll have one more, uh, one more after this, this podcast goes out, and that will kind of conclude conclude the trip, and then we'll be back to our usual schedule of once every two weeks from, from there. So enjoy the show. Welcome back to our podcast, which we're recording in your podcast room. Yeah, this is like a podcast Russian nesting doll. <laughs> where so we have the privilege of being in Meat Off, uh, Meat Eater yep. HQ, Meat Eater Incorporated yep. HQ. And you may be the first people to actually record a podcast in this room. Really? Yeah. So this may be like a. Here we go. Chris is testing it out. International. Well, it's definitely the first international podcast. Yeah. But yeah, no this this room just got finished and painted and they're gonna soundproof it and it'll be i'm sure we'll record many hundreds of podcasts in this room. i have no doubt and last time we spoke we were just saying this just before we started recording you couldn't tell everybody on our podcast what you are actually going to be doing next (laughs) i think that's a pretty good place to start because we are in yes this building we are in the next you couldn't say that we're in the future now yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah i mean this whole thing um when was all, I guess it would have been right around six the time. Ago? Yeah, yeah, about six so months. Right around like the week prior to my starting that we we chatted, and um, since then we've launched and announced Meat Eater Incorporated, which is you know everybody will hopefully know Meat Eater from its origins with Steve Ranella as a television program um, that he owned uh, with his production company Zero Point Zero. So they Zero Point Zero did Anthony Bourdain's show and. It, you know, have won some Emmys for some of their television work. So he owned uh, Meat Eater pretty much 50-50 with those folks um, and had another investor come in later um, in, I guess, would have probably been 2017 and want to get involved. So they brought in an additional investor with the idea of building out what you see here, which is a company, a media company designed not just to support Meat Eater, the TV show and the podcast and that platform, but to bring on other um, folks that you know think and uh, speak and hunt like Steve and and kind of share the same ethos in a way. And so that's what we did. We we're up to what I say twenty twenty some employees. It's like world <laughs> domination here when you walk. And I didn't appreciate how many people worked here. Yeah, it is. Well, for me, I like I was saying about the time we chatted last, I was the third or fourth employee, one of the first couple employees that were hired along with our CEO, and um, since then, <laughs> we've added like... And the timeline's not been that long. <laughs> no, it's been about six months. In six know? months, you've changed office three times, yeah, and your, <laughs> your employees have quadrupled. Quadrupled, yeah. yes. Yeah, we have, we're literally, you know, this floor that we're on is full. We can't fit anybody else into it. So, 
I fear that we'll outgrow this space, <laughs> this space pretty quickly, pretty quickly, yeah. and be across the street somewhere else. And don't forget the canine uh, employees that we saw wandering around. Yes, so. yes. There's a lineup a dog, of dog pro beds. dog office. Yeah, we have a, everybody. I don't have a dog, but the guys that work for me out here. Like I like to bring that. their dogs. In we have our, our dogs in our office. Yeah, you have to. I feel like but sometimes it's a little. It can be a little bit, a little bit much when well, we had a hairball get hacked up over here. <laughs> those types of things are normal. We normally get the every every second or third podcast screwed up by a dog pulling a cable, yanking a cable. <laughs> yeah, up. but we just got spaniels everywhere, and they're a bit like. They're not the smartest of dogs on the planet when it comes to spatial awareness. <laughs> no, <definitely not. laughs> yeah, no, I, I could agree with that. We uh, we enjoy them though, and and like I said, we we grew from you know my job is to kind of run the editorial team here, so we have nine folks on that team now, um, pumping out content, you know, a lot of content from a lot of different angles. You got yeah. some, you got some very cool people that have come on board now. Yeah. Tell yeah. us a little bit about those folks. We can go down the list here. Well, part of the, like I said, part of the idea is to not only have Steve's brand of meat eater, but to bring on other brands to position, you know, alongside his brand, like mine, the hunting collective course, but we have Mark Kenyon who has wired to hunt, mm-hmm. which is uh, quite the popular whitetail podcast and platform that he's built. So that's a part of our company. Now, um, a young lady named April Vokey, who has uh, at the anchor podcast is a fly fishing podcast. She travels the world's and, travels the world and talks to interesting people in the fishing space um we've brought on ryan callahan who was formerly of first light is now our director of conservation we brought on another guy that you just met named miles nolte who was uh worked for a magazine called gray sporting journal and a bunch of other things he was their fishing editor he's now our director of fishing um so we're you know we've piled him on from around to then but everybody's job is is to manage and create content um for our you know, hopefully growing audience if we do it right. And that content can be consumed through? Yeah, I mean, we have our website, uh, themedia.com, where we just had a big editorial meeting today. We're, we're looking at, you know, probably 20 posts a week there, mm-hmm. which is pretty substantial. Um, right now we have four four podcasts a week, but we'll be adding at least five more podcasts in, wow. the, next, in the next couple of months here. So. so basically if people consume all the content, they won't be able to work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say we're going to have about 10 hours a week, probably more than that, probably 12 hours a week of podcasts. Across all of the podcasts. Across all the podcasts. So if you, yeah, the ones we're, we're fixing to add here pretty soon. Um, but yeah, we really want there to be more pod, more materials than anyone could ever consume. You know, we want to outpace, um, the, you know, consumability of our audience. We, we want to, you know, inundate people with, with what we Just think so is good content. It's always stuff. Yeah. There's always something. And choice. I mean, yeah, yeah. You choice. guys think about, you know, you think about like social media as a content stream. There's always, you refresh it and there's always something to look at. You know, if you want to spend all day on there. Some people do. <laughs> Some people do. <laughs> they get that screen time thing that always pops up. I'm like, really? Your increase is up by 22% I'm this like, week. Yeah. Shut up, phone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me what I'm doing wrong. But yeah, that we hope to, you know, just provide more content. And, and, you know, you guys may know this, but for me being in the industry for, you know, 11 or 12 years now, it's there's not a whole lot. I feel lucky to be a part of something that is adding resources to our world, you know, that is allowing for other content creators to come on and have the resources to create what they want. Um, and, and it's in a new way? Well, it's yeah. harnessing the latest yeah. mediums. Yeah. Podcasting yeah. being the Podcasting is, is growing so fast. And it, it's been around for a while now, but it, it's people are still discovering it every day. Yeah. It's fun, man. 
and and it's just like sitting in a room talking with people. We were just talking out there before we hit record that we just did a live podcast, which is a whole different animal. It's <laughs> yeah. basically a freaking comedy show. That's what we were putting on. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to listen to any of them. I was watching. Yeah. I was watching the the Instagram videos of it. So yeah. a small yeah. flavor. Well, we'll be releasing them in the next couple of weeks here. Um, but it's it'll be interesting to hear like listen on a podcast. I have never. You know, Steve has done these in the past. This is the first time I was involved directly. Um, it's interesting to – I feel like, you you know, having – there's no – if there was an audience here listening to us, you'd be like, i got to be entertaining, i got to be entertaining, yeah. i got to be entertaining. And so I think it just having an audience heightens the sense of, you know, that you know that someone paid a ticket for this, so you want to give got to be damn good. Yeah. you got to <laughs> give them the damn good stuff. You know? Not that this isn't the good stuff. Yeah. But it's just a different angle. raises the bar a bit. Yeah, so I think we, you know, we just we we know that we, you know, we say all the time around here, like the natural world is something we care about. It makes us better people. It enriches our lives. So that's what we go to do. We go to make sure that everyone else can share in that and be educated by that or inspired by that or whatever lens that they see it through. It's it's important to us that that message continues to go out there. You know. Um, so I, I feel lucky to be a part of that. I mean, it's certainly – it could all blow up tomorrow, but it was worth a shot either way. And how's show season been for you? Because we very, very nearly came over and did some of the, the the shows this year. But we decided to move the trip a bit so we could spend a bit longer and spend a bit more time in Montana, which we <laughs> not, really Not at to shows, because show, shows. shows are exhausting. I know. <laughs> you guys, yeah, listen, Montana better. <laughs> <laughs> we picked good. Yeah. yeah, you picked well. Yellowstone or the Sheep Show. Listen, love me the Sheep Show, but I pick Yellowstone any time of the year. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I feel sometimes like – I got a lot of first world problems, but you know, if you complain about a show, basically what a show for me is hanging out with my friends, talking, hunting, you know, appearing places, meeting with people that I you know, want to do business with, and then going out and eating nice food and drinking with, with people. <laughs> Both in excess. Both in excess. Yeah. Of course in excess. But yeah, those, that's, that's what the cadence kind of becomes, but it is, you're away from your family. You're, you're in confined spaces. It is a grind. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a seven to ten, you know, or job. two, yeah, or two, <laughs> or three, or four, and your legs are killing you after Dude. three, four days. Yeah. yeah, shout out to old Shea Mahoney. Him and I was up, we're up drinking till like two in the morning, <laughs> solving all the world's problems <laughs> yesterday evening or the night before. So uh, he's an uh, absolute gentleman and an yeah. awesome guest to have on the podcast. Did oh you record gosh. another show with him, or did no? You we were just actually just we're we're going to do another one. Um, but we were just – I just ran just into him at the bar, and I was like, there next was. thing I know, we were solving it all. We got it, we got it all. We, we should record this because we pretty much figured everything out. Yeah, you should have done. Um, but, yeah, it was, you know, those types of things, running into guys like that and being able to just, you know – make uh, the sort of the highlights of – Yeah, there's a community feeling to it too. So it's it's once you know everybody yeah, and you've been around for a while, it's, it's you're seeing your friends, you're seeing your people that you, that you like to hang out with. But will it change a little bit for you? Because in the the shows that you will have done in years gone by, with you know, when you were a big part of Yeti, yeah, you're doing a, kind of the same but a very different yeah. job. Yeah, yes, it's a very different job. So uh, the conversations will be different. You won't have people pestering you for sponsorship. All the time. Yes, <laughs> now they're just like this podcast sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it is. I mean, it, you know, it's been a change for me because I didn't. You know, when when my job at Yeti was to be the guy behind the guy, you know, mm-hmm. was to be supporting guys like Steve Rinella. Now I have the privilege to be sitting beside him uh, on stage. And so it's different for me in that way. You know, I haven't ever been someone that 
wanted to or angled to be um, recognized. I just thought, you know, if I could hunt some for my job and like be around people I like, that'd be great. Um, but you know, this, my position here is more to be out front. So it does change things. What has been your, how has your, your view of the the future for hunting in North America changed somewhat as a result of these, I don't know, what podcast are you on now? Hundred and something. No, 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 no. no. Forty-eight. Forty-eight. As a result of your forty-eight extended <laughs> conversations with generally awesome people with yeah. great knowledge, because it does sort of reshape your. I mean, it does for us all the time. It kind of reshapes and make makes you reevaluate your own thinking. Boy, I would be impervious if it didn't. Yeah. You know, I would if I said, nah, no, nah, pretty much <laughs> nah. the same. Nah, no, no, no. Eighty hours of con- eighty hours of conversation with smart. Are you people. more optimistic than? Um, because there is uh, there is a, a sort of um, I think we can we can all be guilty of sometimes being a bit pessimistic yeah. as the the future of what yeah. we all hold dear to our part. Yeah, my personality. You know, I'm I'm Irish it, it, last name, and I'm from the East Coast, and so I think by personality I'm I'm pessimistic. Like <laughs> I think you know by person by my personality. My wife says this all the time. Like I, I you know what drives me is what's not working. You know, I don't go home and be like ah got it done today i'm like gotta get up tomorrow because i gotta do this next thing so i think this is based on my personality i would say that um i probably fall into the pessimistic crowd i still would think i still think that if if hunting was a business i would invest in it um if i had to look at a future stock i probably wouldn't but uh, that all being said i just got done you know doing a show in front of a thousand people and those people were it was amazing the diversity of those people their stories where they came from what that what they were inspired to do because of the content that steve and crew have put out and that i've been able to put out so like those you know if i i haven't changed more by that just this recent interaction the last couple of days seeing the actual listeners um and knowing that it does have an impact on people you know that is certainly even though my nature is to be pessimistic and some of the numbers and facts are still that haven't changed. Um, but there's definitely a movement like you guys are part of it, in my opinion, but there's a movement to, um, to just make it better in any way we can. Uh, a lot of people are doing it a lot of different ways. Mm. You know, some people are doing it for health. Some people are doing it for, you know, mindfulness with nature, but there's just a lot of ways people are coming into it, but there definitely is a movement to, to make our generation better stewards for this thing pockets of hope yeah like when you speak to these people and you go wow like you oh, know, they told man. you something you go it makes you there is pockets of hope everywhere and it's it's great to be able to draw energy from those those people who have been enthused by you know yeah. whatever whether it be a podcast or a film or Anything. an article or yeah whatever. we had six-year-old little boys we had husband and wives that were 60 we had uh cancer patients that listened to the shows to get through their chemo we had man like just of all colors all shapes all sizes people coming and saying like i am feeling what you're feeling you know whether they're veteran hunters who are just feeling like there's a better way or most of the time i found new hunters that just are discovering something and need a community like are thirsty for people like there's nobody around them they can talk to so they need to you know, have this interaction via podcast or whatever. I'm almost envious of those people who are kind of finding it for the first yeah. time. Yeah, we had, we had none of this growing up. Like it didn't. This exist. didn't exist. It didn't exist. Not really. You you'd pick up a you know a, a magazine. You'd learn from your 
folks or your mm. relatives or whatever or friends or you pick up a magazine. Yeah. No, in, no internet. Not really. It was all dial-up. <laughs> no I remember mo- I had no those... mobile phones to scroll through. Oh, yeah. I had like CDs, AOL CDs, America Online. We had. Yes. <laughs> they we were using you America like, Online in the UK. Oh, were you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's bullshit. <laughs> it's theft. No, we had, they, they'd be like, 120 minutes on this CD. I'm like, oh, perfect. That'll get me through the week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, there's definitely more information. There's more out there. And I think, man, if you had to grade like you know, hunting's ability to talk about itself, to like, you know, self-reflect, it's way better than five years ago, way better yeah. than 10 years ago. And it continually gets better and better and better. Um, you know, that kind of butts up against demographic changes and urbanization and just the way our society is kind of moving. Um, but there's a lot of positivity around even urbanization. The more that people are forced to for jobs and for you know livelihoods to move into urban settings the more they're going to yearn to go somewhere out you know to go outside so i think i think i'm naturally pessimistic but man i'm having some good experiences like boy i've you know i've had some great good rides so far yeah man and so i you know there's some (laughs) some cracks in my pessimism pessimism (laughs) it needs to be it needs to be yeah next stop european tour yeah that'd be great Convince, yeah, when, before you leave, convince Ronaldo to, to do a European stuff. Yeah, to do a European That tour. would be very cool. Mm. Or just like pay for me to go. <laughs> <laughs> like of course, hunting on your way around. Yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah I'd get bored. I don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> you can, you can sit hunt. in our studio when you come. Yeah. Uh, I'm coming now. We just decided. I'll be like, sorry, guys. I promised them I wouldn't be there. <laughs> and we, we have, we'll have Scottish whiskey on the Yeah, table. this, I'm sorry no, that this whiskey no, that no I have bourbon. here. Whatever that, I don't even. I wouldn't even drink that. It's um, it's just it's pea colored. So oh, it's it's. <laughs> look at the label, bro. I'm gonna, Any, I'm gonna give it a sniff. Give it a sniff. It smells like rubbing alcohol. I bet. No, it's not too bad actually. It's, it's not bad. No. All right. Yeah. I've never, it's ten high. I've never heard of it. I think it came from. It's got a high uh, quality plastic screw cap. Yeah, I mean that's. I feel like it came might have came from like Target or Walmart or something. It's sour mash. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, just that you can just tell by like the way the bottle is shaped and what the logo looks like. That, the that label's been put on squint. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the label's. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. Do you think that was relabeled and put on by hand? Yeah, I don't know, but it screams quality. Yeah, it's, it's an artisan. <laughs> yeah. It's an artisan bourbon whiskey. Yeah. Obviously, uh, obviously, in keeping with the content that you put out here, quality yeah. squint label. Quality, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we could do better. Once we get this podcast studio finished, we sh- we'll have like a beverage cart, hopefully. <laughs> I'll be pushing for that. <laughs> Maybe have somebody to push it around. Would you like it? Or optics in here. Yeah. Something. Just like here, I could lean back <laughs> yeah. on optic on the wall. Perfect. Yeah. We might take, yeah, we might take a listen. Forget about the soundproofing. That, yeah. that needs to be first. Yeah. I asked if we could just hang bear hides all around. That well, be, that would be that perfect would be soundproofing. Perfect. Sound, I know. Yeah. I asked the dude who was just in here like uh, an hour ago. I was like, guy, could we, you think we could just hang bear? He's like, yeah, that probably would work. Muskox on the roof. That's what I'm saying. Bear one, bear wall, one muskox wall. I got some like wildebeest and different things. I think you'd be the only podcast studio in the world that had it soundproofing with skins. Yeah. Eco-friendly. It would, it would either look really cool or kind of like some tacky mansion. <laughs> Or dungeon. <laughs> yeah, some dungeon, <laughs> some hairy wall dungeon. Like, it would be terrible. Be so from, terrible. From, from, from from hairy wall, uh, hairy wall dungeons to more serious matters. <laughs> Issues that you are facing in North America right now, what's the sort of the number one thing that you're, you and team are kind of concerned about when it comes to you know, portraying the message that we often talk about and the kind of conversations that you have with your guests? Yeah, I mean... 
What's been good about joining this team is that I think I've been able to, to gather so many different perspectives from people that have been doing this for a long time. And these guys out here have all been around. So one thing that I've benefited on is like more, more education on micro issues that I probably would have glossed over in favor of my own personal leanings, which is like the broad, you know, how do we do this better? You know, well, we can't be experts in everything. Can yeah. We? Yeah. No, but I think, um, you know, it's still, to me, it still comes back to uh, healthy ecosystems and, and habitat management and doing that those things right. I mean, here, um, we like to, we, you know, certainly could talk about public lands all day. Yeah. Um, we will touch on that, actually, yeah. because it's, it's an issue that probably needs fleshed out a bit more for, especially for the European audience. Yeah. Because there's less of it. Yeah, and so I think for us, we, we're taught, we're, we're, I mean, we're focusing now. There's a, a case in Wyoming called Herrera versus Wyoming where it really it's a, it's going to Supreme Court, but it really revolves around tribal rights, like uh, different tribes and their right to go and hunt uh, on different public lands, and and how we vet those rights and and how we grandfather those in um, to the modern day. So that's one thing we're looking at the the flyways. We're looking at how the Atlantic flyway is suffering a little bit right now for us, uh, that there's less ducks and geese in the flyway in the Atlantic flyway than there's ever been. Is that a migration corridor? Yeah. So yeah, there's, and then we have this other two, two other flyways in the, in the Midwest. There's a lot of large duck clubs that are flooding a lot of rice fields and, and refuges that are pulling ducks from other places to kind of shift that flyway. Um, and so we're looking at those issues you know, every day and discussing them. How do we cover this? What do we do? What's the best way to tell people about this and interest them? Still making it fun every because we don't want to be depressing. <laughs> you know, not everything is on fire. Yeah. Um. So you know, issues like that have come to bear for us. Where we're like, let's let's drill down a little bit further and, and see how we can paint a picture of how hunters can really be a part of healthy ecosystems and like what are we doing that we're not. Like, what's the why on big giant duck clubs where dudes just fly in from all around the country to shoot ducks and they're they're flooding all this land? They're they're changing the way ducks migrate for personal, you know, really personal gain. Um, what impact does that have? Is that a good practice? It is. It is a good practice in a way that it makes money for the outfitter or the person that's that's putting that on. But is it good for that flyway? Is it good for us for that resource? Um, so we just were in a meeting earlier and talking just about the sustainable use of a natural resource and like let's stick to that let's let's be firm on that you know and let's let's talk about that more looking at all, all the different angles it has to be sustainable use yeah at the, yeah. At the very minimum yeah I mean, sustainable is we've had this conversation before but sustainable i think needs to be the default position <laughs> because we can never be participating or do anything that is not sustainable yeah because that seems ridiculous yeah whereas I, 10 years ago that was that was what everybody was striving for because or 10 20 30 years it's always been sustainable because we were in in for many species and habitats in mass declines yeah we're trying to pull things back from the brink not everything is safe but a lot of things have had great success yeah so it's like the next step is no longer being sustainable yeah. it's making it flourish yeah yeah no i, I think again like you like I said the baseline is sustainability and so we and i really believe that like you know if we're able to as hunters somehow spin spin it that you know 
this is a privilege and part of our responsibility within that privilege is that the ecosystems in which we hunt the individual ecosystems and then the greater whole needs to be healthier because of our actions um that's something that you know we're we will not budge on and if we see somebody in our world again like i said i mean big duck clubs are can be very you know profitable big outfitters who this, are i didn't know this what you're telling me now this yeah. is it doesn't really exist at home yeah um you might dig a splash and feed it a bit but it's you know someone might shoot it with a couple of their friends <laughs> yeah but it's largely wild populations that are pretty well dispersed yeah um so we don't have the big dup clubs we might have wildfowling clubs but that's just shooting birds that are moving in their natural moving in it. yeah their natural pattern anyway so we've had this um proliferation of large outfitters or clubs that are big landowners that are doing things to manipulate where the ducks go right they want more ducks on their place um, for whatever reason they want them and that's you know that's part of hunting you're trying to you know at some level manipulate the resource to to your spot that's what you would like you know whitetail hunters are are building these perfect habitats for whitetail in which whitetails would live it's probably one of the best examples of yeah yeah and so that one that one ends up being a a great a great boon to the whitetail because whitetail now has more great habitat and more places to to live people are planting food just for them they're cutting uh timber just for them they're tracking you know their age range with ducks you know i've had a lot i had a couple people come up to me a shot show and want to talk about a couple people i really respect that our legends in the duck world come up and want to talk about this flyway issue and want to talk about how these large landowners are flooding fields and you know butting up against refuges and pulling more ducks into where they are which means the ducks weren't where they used to be um and those things change the way that we interact with ecosystems that's just a good example the one i can think of right now at least of here's the thing that we're doing to get better hunting that may that may not I can't prove one way or the other at this point, but we are going to investigate this. But may not at the end of the day be the best thing for the ecosystem or the resource. Right? It may yeah. be like it's great to shoot your limited ducks in five seconds and like that's great. Yeah, have but, a big success rate. Yeah, have your big success rate and be and clients flying from all over the country. But, but that doesn't. Um, if that if it ends up not being good for for the resource, then we have to at least address it and say, hey, look, here's what you should think about. Uh, don't stop doing it, but think about this. Yeah, uh, and it ties to something which I know you've talked about before, and we talk about quite a bit, which is the idea that to take this uh, default position as a hunter, that because you're a hunter, you're also a conservationist. I know you've talked about it in some yeah. detail before. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's absurd yeah. unless yeah. you understand why you're making that statement. So there could be a case. There, I mean, there are lots of cases of um, duck clubs probably doing very, very good work. Oh, and very, yeah, very good work. Did, so in that yeah. case, you could argue that. But this might be an instance where, you know what, guys, maybe we need to reevaluate here and make sure that we're not having a detrimental impact. So just because you're out there with a the gun pulling the trigger, yeah. killing some shit, doesn't <laughs> well, yeah. suddenly make you a good guy. Yeah, and you don't we, get... We want to believe that. Yeah. But it's well, not always true. And that, and we have a certain we have a bubble mentality and that's an issue. I mean, I just came back from the sheep show and there's some stuff like you know, they're trying to rally the members, right? Rally the members and raise dollars, but there's a whole lot of just like, you know, let's pat ourselves on the back for all these things we do. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, that's good. I'm totally on board for that. That does raise a lot of money for sheep. It does do a lot of good for sheep habitat. But like, I think the world is going to require us to think a little deeper than that. You know, um, and to your point, I think we just have to 
do a little better to <laughs> do a little better in that in that regard you know i think um and it's tough there's a lot of people that have said that you know that i'm an asshole for for bringing this stuff up and that you know i should just be supportive and i shouldn't of be. course we should all bury our heads in the sand and never discuss anything yeah we've just we've just had the same issue we put a podcast last week and we've had quite a lot of feedback our way the last two days not necessarily giving us a hard time but i know that there are organizations who are giving us a hard time because we were just speaking honestly and having a debate of we listened to it again because we wanted to maybe we overstepped the <laughs> I've had to do that yeah, before. I'm like, was I being why a are dick? people mad again? <laughs> and sometimes I listen, I'm like, oh, you're a dick. You said that was terrible. But we uh, listened to it again. It's like, no, I still stand beside all of it. And it's just honest discussion. It might not be comfortable. Yeah. But it still needs to be had because yeah. what are we concerned about? Are we concerned about upsetting people within our community today? Yeah. Or are we concerned about making sure we're doing the right thing in 10, 20 years' time? Yeah, and I, maybe if I if I revert back to your earlier question about, like, the future of hunting, like, I think my biggest worry is what you're talking about. Um, I've seen some things recently where there's, like, approved dogma or there's, like, rigid ideologies mm. that, like, you stick to this and you can be in our club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? If you think this way, you're approved yeah. to stick around and be in our club. If, for example, if, if you start to... to Question, you know, things. question things or propose maybe different solutions to the thing that we currently do that we say is so successful, um, then get the fuck out immediately. Uh, and, and you should be also be ruined on the way out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, that's not how you trampled into the ground. <laughs> yeah. So nobody knows your name. Anymore. You're evil. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, that hasn't happened to me per se, but I've watched it happen to other people where I want to say like, I didn't agree with that, what that person said. But whatever happened to a marketplace of ideas? Whatever happened to allowing someone to, you know, just say what they believe and then let the public decide, you know, whether it it's a good idea? To, it doesn't even have to be right. As long as you genuinely aren't being a complete dickhead about it. Yeah. And you're, you, you're, you're bringing up things because it is what you honestly you feel or it comes from conversations that you've yeah. had with other people. You may later be proved wrong and that's fine. Yep. Well, I've to, been to proven stand, wrong before. Yeah, exactly. To stand and be corrected, but at least then it, it creates the discussion around yeah. the table. Yeah, the conversation becomes the important thing. And if if we're so rigid that we can't have a conversation with someone that we feel is wrong, if we can't let them in the door, if we make them stand outside and shout at us, like we're never going to get anywhere. And so I think that's our, you know, our the American society is just going that way anyway. I think we're just as outdoors folks as hunters and anglers we're just going along with the, the the stream but i'll tell people straight up if your club can't if i can't come and be like you know i read this this is interesting what about this what about this about guns what about this about hunting what about this about conservation this seems like we might be doing it wrong if i can't do that if i'm immediately to be to be outcast you know, yeah. yeah outcast then i don't want in your club anyway i'll create my own fucking club <laughs> I don't care. And, and that's what will happen. Yeah. yeah. And that, and because I, I think, you know, there's, I'm not going to say like there's a revolution that needs to happen, but I feel like, you know, there was it's certainly an evolution and an evolution. Yeah. Yeah. And there was in this, in our, in our country, there was a revolution in at the turn of the century around, you know, some, some really shitty things that were happening. Like we were killing all the animals for market reasons and a group of people got together and they were hunters just so happened to be hunters and change the course of this country because they felt they needed to. And I'm sure that at the time, that was not popular. Undoubtedly. I bet you it wasn't at all. 
Yeah, there was railroad tycoons and robber barons and people that wanted they wanted to take for themselves. Because it was about money. Yeah, so I'm sure that that the folks we now think of as these revolutionaries weren't not and heroes now. Yeah, and heroes, but they didn't have it easy when they were trying to do that. We, not, went, we went under the Roosevelt Arch. Yeah, did you really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had to take a moment. Yeah, after reading about it for two yeah, decades. Man. Yeah, and then I'm standing there, and it's like this is. Teddy Roosevelt's office, and this <laughs> yeah. is Yellowstone. Yeah. So I'm worried, not that I'm, people might think I'm saying I'm a revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true at all. Look at the whiskey I'm drinking. Uh, I'm just saying we need to leave room for revolutionaries. We need to leave room for people to come in and say, like, cool party, but let's do, like, let's, let's do something different. And I think these, these, like, the forming of certain, just the, the rigidness that I've seen in people and the the rigidness around being negative, you know, painting someone with a brush. You're a you're lefty. You're you hate all this. You're <laughs> that, a righty. I hate you that. hate all this. It's, it's, like, it's, it's okay to be different. Like, yeah. It's okay to have a different opinion and still be friends with someone. <laughs> like I said, yeah, it's, it's it's I just keep going. I always just going back to these like my ideas aren't uh, defunct because you don't agree with them. They're 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 defunct because I haven't expressed them right or that they they don't hold true with the facts of the situation. You know. Um, we had a, a recent little industry thing go on with um, somebody here in town who put out like who uh, I didn't agree with what he said like at all, um, and I didn't agree with his stats that he put out. I think he was way off, but it was tar and feathers. It wasn't just like, hey man, wrong ideas, wrong ideas. Go away with that shit. Come back with something better. Is what I that's basically what I told him. I said just you're wrong. You shouldn't have, like that was wrong. But you're not evil. You're yeah. just wrong. We can still talk. We can still talk. Like I'm not gonna shun In you. In fact, from let's my life. talk. Yeah. I'm more excited then to have him one and have that be an opportunity to to talk. And I think if we don't uh if we don't sit back and be have these discussions with cool heads, we're no better than all the people that we criticize who might be classed as anti-hunting, for want of a better phrase, yeah. who go and say, go and die, I wish your family <laughs> would burn in hell, and all yeah. this kind of stuff, the screeds whenever you put up uh, yeah. Yeah, something hunting-related that those anti-type organizations and people mm. don't like. I've seen comments from people within the hunting industry and in instances like that and, and many others where I'm thinking to myself, I'm reading these, on social media, I'm thinking you are no better than all the people you criticize. Yeah, no yeah. better. It's hard, you know. It's hard to level. It's just hard to level criticism in this world. There's so many opinions floating around. It's hard to know what to think or what to do, like or um, who to listen to. No, <laughs> it's it super hard, and people are offended too easily. Yeah, there's an outrage culture because outrage gets results. Like, there's no. I've seen it so many times. We get emails here all the time with somebody who's outraged. About something we said or did. With the amount of content you're putting out, you must be like <laughs> yeah. on, a, on a minute by minute. Oh basis. yeah, somebody right now is writing an email as we speak. Um, but most of the time, not all the time, but a good percentage of the time, when when I write back to him or someone here writes back to him, hey, listen, here's what I was thinking. I know you don't agree with what I said, but here's what I was thinking. Here's a little context as to what, yeah, where I where I got to that point. Most of the time, four out of five times. The person right back with, "Oh man, I was just having a bad day. Sorry about that. Didn't mean to be so negative." We've had we've had one or two of those before. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Where yeah. they where they've just had, "I've I've had a bad day. I've had a yeah. bad day. Yeah. Sorry about that." But but I think what what happens is that person knows 
or you know maybe they did just have a bad day but I think also somewhere deep down they know the angrier they are the more apt someone is to respond you know if they're just like yeah I kind of don't agree but that's fine it's less there's less of a, a a reaction you know so so that outrage does get results i mean it, it gets people fired it gets you know it changes companies it it does i've been part of some of that you know so you know, if you were gonna want the most direct way to make change with your ideas it would be to be outraged all the time <laughs> <laughs> there you go you've heard it here first <laughs> it would be an exhausting life though <laughs> yeah then you're just always mad not an feigning anger all the time yeah i don't know i you know some of this is sanctimonious i imagine but but that's just how I, you know, I feel like they're, I've experienced that in some of my dialogues with people. I feel like in our, in our bubble here, we, you know, mo- it's almost, po- almost all positive or constructive at the very least. Um, but if you go looking around, there'll be, there's certainly pockets of negativity that, that fester. You know? A lot of what we've been talking about and undoubtedly a lot of the people who listen to your podcast, a large amount of the people who listen to our podcast and likely Steve's as well and uh, many in the hunting space will indeed be people who hunt or fish or are of like mind. That's probably why they listen to the show. Uh, we do get quite a number of uh, emails from people who are who appreciate an insight into a world that they're not involved in, which is which is awesome. And that for us is what it's about. What is it? Well, for, for two questions. One is, I imagine you hear from these people. What's that been like? But also, what can we do as an industry to address that more because ultimately we can talk all day to all the people who agree with us but it's not really going to help reshape the future of of understanding of hunting using natural resources as part of an overall management tool yeah um something i've thought about quite a lot we do i mean i I, again i I take almost no credit for this steve is the one but like we do ryan callahan and i are walking around shot show you're thinking shot show this is all industry gun folks i mean walking around once an hour you get stopped by somebody like oh my god i love the show i first time i ever went hunting was i bought my first gun because of of you guys um we get it all the time and it shocks me the number of people that are not hunters that listen to this stuff um like you said i think it's very much they just want there was a, a young lady that was here in town that i met that was was just telling me randomly at the grocery store she was like, I listen just because I think what you do is interesting, and I would like to do it, but I just don't know that I'll ever have the capacity to do it. But I just think it's like way more interesting than anything I've ever listened to, um, and that's cool, man. And I, what I got from her, we her, we talked in the grocery store for like thirty five minutes, <laughs> so I'd like to talk. Um, what I got from her was that like it's important that it's entertaining, like it's important that we remember. That this it's fun, it's entertaining. Like there's so many like little idiosyncrasies and little interesting things about what we do that if we take it too seriously, we just gloss over that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's what I've learned recently is that, that like it's entertaining because I you know again there's it's films and things are I've been a part of a lot of serious films that had a lot yeah, of really serious messages. A lot of great films. Yeah. Um, but in every once in a while, it's like be surprising, be unexpected, be entertaining. Be, you know, understand that the this is who we are, right? Um, we are, we're not just hunting robots that are out to make things better. We're we're, yeah. we're people, and we're <laughs> we have personalities, and we, you know, some some are more likable than others, I imagine. <laughs> but um, 
that that's that struck me lately as something as this conversation goes on you guys have been doing it for a long time you know um as it goes on it has to continue to evolve and you know yeah so i hope my podcast you know has ears and can listen back to people and be like okay we've covered that let's move on and, and just have some fun and, and try to like build in some of these really important conversations in a fun and entertaining and sometimes surprising way. Like, if it was just stats and figures, no one would look. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, th- I think if you are actually enjoying it, as in you have fun doing yeah. it, like what we're doing right now, it comes across. Well, I like to think it comes across. Well, I would think show. so yeah. too, yeah. And if you didn't like the guys you were with, like, this is fucking boring. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just think that's what podcasts I think probably have done. It let people in a room with a yeah. bunch of people that are just having enjoying each other's company and drinking whiskey and, and talking hunting and they ask questions that are important. So I think that that to me, like when I first came into my podcast, I was like I had a change the world mentality, which which, you know, I still do, but I think I was a little bit naive in the beginning, you know. It's like you're not going it's to change It's a goal though. Yeah, it's a goal. It's just like not gonna change the world by stating I'm gonna change the world. You just have to like find what you care about and really, you know, and go at it but listen to listen to people education and information is key yeah because then with information people can make their own Own decisions yeah i mean it's it's for us we have we just did a live podcast where literally we talked about farting in the tree stand and (laughs) i can't even remember like shooting great whites in the head with 22s and like we just talked about all kinds of pretty hilarious subjects um but at the same time, people were coming up to Steve Ranella with a cookbook that was teaching them how to cook wild game to get it signed. So, like, they were able to come and be around us and have fun with us. But at the same time, like, the materials that we're trying to provide them will also help them along as they get into this lifestyle. Um, and I, so you can do both. I have seen his cookbook posted and tagged across social media Basically, uh, continuously since it was since, since it was announced. Yeah, it just it just show, it goes to show you, man. Like it's good information. It's put in. It's it's packaged in a great way, and it's necessary information. I mean, it's super necessary information. I mean, the meat side of it, which is in the title, <laughs> meat eater, has been a great door opener for people to experience and take part in in hunting and sure. fishing and. In the UK, we would call it country pursuits or field sports. I like that. I'm going to start using that. Country, country pursuits. Yeah, country pursuits, yeah. Start a band called that. <laughs> <laughs> because people can, uh, it's a very easy connection for people to make. I'm hungry, I eat, I eat meat. Oh, okay. This is the connection. This is yeah. what it looked like before it ended up on my plate. And I think that's been really useful in expanding our community outside. Yeah. Yeah. Especially to urban communities. It's the easiest thing. It is. Like, if easiest. you're looking for the path, the easiest entry for somebody into what we do, be like, do you eat meat? Most people are going to be like, sure do. And then at the end of the day, like, do you uh, want to do it better? <laughs> yeah, I do. Or, or taste some new meats? Yeah, yeah, taste some new meats, have something that means something to you. You know, like, it's just such, it's just the easiest path to entry, you know. And it's it's the best way, I think, for people to come into it because it's, it's, People understand it. Yeah, it's just, but it's also intellectually sound. Yeah. You know, it just it it starts in a way that like makes sense to the core of you because it's it's not and it tastes good generally. Yeah, yeah, and you have to learn that. So yeah. I think you know. Do you I, think? Do you think there's a a danger that we 
I mean, we talk about the food aspect all the time. Yeah. And I write about it, we talk about it on the podcast, we've had some chef, awesome chefs and stuff on. But do you think there's a danger that we don't carry that conversation to the next step to talk about, and I freaking hate this term, and I know that it's something you bring up as well, the, the trophy hunting, hunting aspect of it and the role that plays globally as part of the conservation picture. Yeah. Because meat hunting, although it's great for the individual, doesn't really fund a huge amount of stuff, especially yeah. in countries like, if you look at Africa, meat hunting is not funding anything. Um, and I sometimes think that us as well, we're kind of guilty of, I can justify the one part of it. Yeah. The other parts are way, way harder conversation to have. <laughs> yeah. And you can sort of thread the needle and try and pick up instances of where, well, look, because of this, these species are thriving. You don't have to like necessarily what, the people who are partaking in it or their reasons but yeah. there is massive positive benefit to it yeah i mean there's different justifications right i mean i think you talk about somebody's never done before it, it's really more about the moral justification mm -hmm. you know I which find. is an important conversation to have right and so so i always try to think it in, in those buckets like you have somebody's never done it before it's less the pragmatic justification of like how do we keep more animals on this you know we had vegan protesters at our last show in sacramento and me and Ryan Callahan went out and talked to him. And they were like, uh, there was a feller there, like six or seven of them in V for Vendetta. You ever seen that yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they do it in the UK as well. They do the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Um, so it's widespread. But so we, you know, we went out and talked to him and they had, they were, we're against factory farming. We, we, we love animals. I was like, listen, cool. I'm, I'm, yep. I'm with you. Anything else? Like what else you got? And that's and they were like, well, we really never thought. We just saw the meat eater. And we just thought we would protest. I'm like, yeah, but I'm with you, man. Like, I don't like the things that you don't like. I don't like a dude. They had like a video of a guy just like stabbing a seal with a knife. I'm like, oh, I'm not into that either. I don't know like who's into that. Who who are you targeting right now? That guy? Yeah, I don't like that guy. Um, and so there's this like the justification for them is that they're they're moral beings in some way that I maybe that I'm not. I don't know. But they're they're looking for the morality, like why now we can get uh, we have a tofu burger. Why do we need a meat burger? You know, so there's there's addressing the morality, but the, the from the pragmatic side, when we start to get to, you know, just facts and figures and what's what's going to work, um, that's when that's when we start talking about trophy hunting. You start talking about what's going to ensure more animals. You know, what's going to ensure the future of what we do. What's going to ensure the future of these species and these ecosystems? And look, what's going to do that? Um, that's a little, for me, is almost like a little easier conversation to have because there's less entanglement. You're like, here's a model. Here's where we started. Here's the plan we put in place. In fact, our North American model has tenants that we go by. And then, like, after about 100 years, we look at the results and we're like, God, that's awesome. That's working. Yeah. You know, for trophy hunting, you can look at before they had concessions in Africa and after and the amount of animals. You can argue, like, the state of those animals or where they should be, but you can't argue, like, there was less of them than there's more of them. Like, you can't argue that. Um, so that – but that's hard for people who are, you know, you know, just looking at it from a moral basis. It's hard. Because they to take exception that. with the person. Yeah, it's generally. Like, why do you want to go and do that? Yeah, that, from, that's always the question. If, yeah. if it's one of these uh, morning breakfast shows, yeah. so why why do you want to go and why? murder that poor these, innocent animal? I this I wish I had a picture of this guy I talked to. He had he, there was one spokesman for all the V for Vendetta mask people, 
and he had a, a all black and he had a vegan activist hat on. I'm like, well, good. Thanks for the label. I should probably get one that says hunting <laughs> activist. Then we could really have it, go, have it out. But um, he, you know, he clearly hadn't thought through hunting. You know, and he clearly, he had thought through those, like, the, the moral entanglements of eating an animal and killing it and eating it or whatever. But I hadn't thought through, like, that hunting didn't solve all his issues, but it solved a lot of them. You know, it didn't solve, like, his, you know, let's let's never eat an animal again, but it, it solved, like, that's not going to happen tomorrow. In the interim, this is better. You know, I, I at least got him there pretty quickly. <laughs> I'm like, in the interim, this is better. And at the end of the day, if everyone everyone in this country became vegan tomorrow a lot of animals would die because we'd have to we still gotta grow stuff we would have to fuck up a lot of habitat natural habitat for these animals well clear clear for farmland we would have to clear off and and get rid of lots of habitat that not maybe not ungulates maybe but you know rodents and different things that we need as part of biodiversity in our ecosystem I actually saw yesterday on the BBC News um big science study with the decline of insects across a global basically we are imminently a way to have a global collapse of insects and they say the um, biggest reason behind it is agricultural um, practices and pesticides yeah it's not not surprising is it if you've got to clear land to grow vegetables guess what you're going to be spraying that yeah (laughs) yeah and there's certainly responsible practices but again when you think about it in a way like the vegan activist wants nobody to eat meat that is not like that is that is less viable than our current situation yeah um so him and i had that conversation i think he came to he came to the conclusion that you know we weren't going to solve it on the street out in front of the crest theater <laughs> but he felt a bit better about himself yeah but i think he was able like i said dude i respect you man like like you and i start at the same with the same basic principle and i'm glad that you're here because i'm glad that basically everybody in my country and my continent, unlike Africa, values these animals. And we're just kind of arguing about how, how we interact with them. We're not arguing whether to fucking keep them around. No. We all want them. <laughs> we all want them. And so at the end of the day, like, I'm, I'm happy to argue, like, the particulars of it. Uh, that's fine. I don't like factory farming. There's things I don't like that he didn't like. Um, but he kept coming back to, like, why kill when you don't have to? Why kill when you don't have to? I just said, you're taking the gloves off approach. I'm putting the gloves on and going to work. You know, uh, I, I want to go and and see it done. I think there's also, and this kind of ties to what Daryl was just saying there, is that there, there really is um, a serious environmental consideration in terms of how we use our resources sensibly. Yeah. Because it makes no sense to have a wild resource, whether that be plants or wildlife, and not utilize it in a way which is sympathetic to the planet. Mm. Yeah. If we can. <laughs> which is basically what m- most sensible ethical management practice is when it comes to hunting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a big... I was uh, telling you guys, I was talking to Shane Mahoney uh, over some whiskeys the other night. And um, he just like, conservation is so much bigger than... He's like, you know, Ben. Because not, not that I know, but like you... It's bigger than you know. It's way bigger than you know. You think conservation is hunting and fishing? Get the fuck out of here. It is huge. Like, there is so much that goes into conserving these wild places and wild animals and, and really conserving um, any part of any habitat. You know, there's so much that goes into that. Um, and he's right, man. Like, it, 
he's right. Most ecologists would tell you that, you know, songbirds are important. Yeah, yeah we've had massive songbird declines. Yeah, we never <laughs> talk about that, you know. The honeybee's important. Like, you know, <laughs> I just feel like... It makes I, the planet go round almost, the honeybee. Yeah. Yeah. I got so, three hives in my garden. There you go. He's <laughs> contributing. But so that's like, hunting has led me to like better appreciation for those things. And I am f- super happy that it did. But, um, but I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's practices, agricultural practices that are kind of almost declining the honeybee in a way, especially in America where um, you guys have massive crops and all the bees get taken across America, as in the commercial bees, all put in one location, and then yeah. disease spreads, and yeah. then obviously that affects the wild population. Um, and that's the same across Europe as well. Yeah, yeah so um, just these, I think these topics just show you how complex this shit is. It's so complex. And so, you know, it goes back to me at the end of the day, like I, as a hunter, I feel begrudged to acknowledge these things, like, I you know I would love to just go out and have a hoop and holler and shoot big bucks, that would be great, and but I I can't. Yeah, your conscience won't allow you. I can't. Yeah. I can't go out. And I could go because there again, like your your question earlier that I didn't really answer. Like, you don't have a choice but to buy a license if you want to hunt. You don't have a choice but to buy a federal duck stamp if you want to hunt ducks in this country. So to to pound your chest about taking part in that. I, yeah, it's got to be more. You can be proud of the history of it and the creation of it and, and what it means to the world, but but you don't. It's not you don't get to opt in or out of it. You're in if you want to hunt. And so yeah, it's just, just I, for me personally. You could certainly just go buy a license, go hunt, and have a good time. No, but that is absolutely what um, what everyone has the the privilege to go and do. But there's got to be a group of us. <laughs> there's got to be a group of us that that feel like there's more that needs to be done around it. Um, there has to be because if 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 everybody just goes out and shoots big bucks and has a good time, I don't think we're gonna get to where we need to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, one one of my friends uh, who's a gamekeeper on the state uh, near where I live, I was talking with him a couple of weeks ago. And he, we were having these in-depth conversations because, I mean, he's on the ground, you know, managing it on a day-to-day basis on this grass moor. <clears throat> and he was saying, do you really think that people think like this? You know, most people just want to go and hunt. And I said to him, well, I don't know whether they do, but maybe we all should be. Or maybe it's it's going to be important in the future that we start to think a little bit more like this. And it's not trying to say that we should we still need to enjoy what we're doing <laughs> yeah. yeah people wouldn't do it if, yeah. they, if they didn't enjoy it and it's not about that it's not about saying we need to be serious all the time which is kind of to your point earlier yeah. when you're talking about talking about podcasts but i think that we've come to a point in time probably globally where we need to to shift what it means almost to be a hunter and I've, I've said a couple of times before that it's almost shift back in time because if you were to go back far enough, like you were talking uh, about with the, the kind of the revolution in conservation in North America, most of those people at the time who were certainly involved in that movement had incredible backgrounds in ecology and, and conservation. And, and that, for the most part, was their driving force behind it. They happened to be hunters as well, but they cared about the big, big picture. 
And it's almost like through time we kind of moved away from that where it was just about our own kind of selfishly our own personal enjoyment yeah. and not about the bigger picture. Yeah, I mean, shit, in this country we have a representative government, right? We ask, we elect and ask people to represent our, the best interest of us. Anyway, go over there to the group of people that are doing the job and represent me the best you can. I vote for you. Go over there and do that. You know, I think hunting needs to needs to have that as well. There needs to be, you know, folks that are um, thinking about how we best represent, you know, and how to best represent to the rest of the world and, and folks that are um, devoted to that, if only so everyone else can just go have a good time. You yeah. know, because I've gotten – you know, not a lot of hate out of that. You know, we always like read a hundred good comments and one bad one. Like, ah, bastards. That's <laughs> the negative yeah. stuff you remember. But no, I've, I've had, you know, some negative comments around like, you're just, all you're doing is beating on hunters and virtue signaling like you're better than everybody. I'm like, no, man, I get what you're thinking. I get it. It's hard to listen to some 33-year-old jackass talk about <laughs> how to like get, how you should be better. Um, but that's not what I'm. That's not the point of what I'm trying to do. I just want to start the conversation so we can all understand. Like, you don't have to be a part. Like, this is not a requirement. No one has made uh, these things we're talking about a requirement to go out and hunt. You can go, but just understand that like this has to happen. Someone has to continually be, make us better at this because if if we don't have if our if the public perception continues to to wane. And our relevance in society continues to wane. Eventually, we'll just be, we'll have no power at the voting booth. Like, there'll be no, we'll swing no, no opinions one way or the other. We'll become irrelevant and then we can be eliminated. Um, I, so I think it was either the governor, I don't want to misrepresent. Some high ranking official in the, in, in California recently said hunting and trapping is of a bygone era. We don't need it anymore. I read that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't remember who exactly said it. I, I wish I would. But we had a lot of people in California, Sacramento, at our live podcast come up and say, what do we do about this? Um, we actually have quite a lot of listeners in California on our show. We do, yeah. yeah. Good. And it's Good. amazing how uh, powerful public perception is, though. <laughs> yeah. and, and we've been shown that quite a few times recently yeah. in, in the hunting community. Yeah, And it both ways, right? Both yeah, ways. Both ways. Yeah. Both ways. Um, we always so, feel it worse when it's against yeah, us. Yeah. So I, I would just say, you know, I've come again, when I started my podcast, I, you know, I don't think I th was aware of, of this kind of, I didn't think anybody would get mad at me for wanting to like throw these ideas out and talk about them. Um, but now I do realize there's a lot of people that just, just like, Hey man, I, you know, I've always hunted. My family's always hunted. I do it. I do it responsibly. I do it right. I, you know, I do what I do. Like I don't, I'm not on social media. I don't give a shit. I do what I do. Don't tell me what, you know, don't tell me that I got to change my ways because, um, because you guys are fucking up over there. <laughs> so I get that. I, and I get that perspective and I respect it a lot. Um, and my dad's probably the same way, you know, he's not out there joining groups and doing things, but there's gotta be a, a group of us that have to understand that there's, man, we gotta, we gotta push. But I think the generations coming up now, are probably more aware of it. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of that is mm -hmm. just due to the accessibility of information, information. and me and new media. Yeah. Uh, I think people are also caring a bit more about not not what's on their immediate doorstep because we say it time and time again in the UK. We have so many issues in the UK, you know, wide ranging, 
but people should really be caring about what's going on in other parts of the world as well, particularly um, North America, because we've we've seen it time and time again. You know what happens there if the, if there's something going on there, you need to watch in the UK because yeah. it might happen six months later. Yeah, yeah, yep. And yeah, a better global perspective, yeah. I think, gives you. Um, well, it just it gives you perspective on domestic issues. Yeah, as well. Yeah, and, and you go, what are they doing right? How have they achieved that? And then you know, if you need help, you can go and say how you know how did you guys do whatever it knock is knock on ben's door yeah yeah <laughs> knock on your door how did you how, how, did do, you... how do we do this well let me tell you <laughs> how did you conquer the world 1874 <laughs> uh that, yeah i think we're lucky enough in this country to have have a very like what we can say is a very successful model right we've modeled a very whether it's applicable to other places or not i couldn't tell you um we seem to think democracy is applicable to other places <laughs> uh <laughs> So, so do we. Yeah. Like we, <laughs> if, not, like, if, if nothing else, what's been achieved yeah, should yeah, be looked at, yeah. even if the model needs to be different. Right, and I think the value system is probably the more important of that, more important thing there, because we what we have achieved that outside of the numbers is a populace that cares about the resource, yep. truly cares about the resource. And most folks are, if if you would put to them like, a harm done to wildlife or a harm done to wild places or a harm done to important ecosystems. They're like, fuck, no. Nope. Yeah. And they're passionate walk. about it. And they're passionate about it. So we're lucky to have fostered that for all all our flaws. I mean, we're lucky to have fostered a bunch of people who care about wildlife. So we have that going for us, whether, whether it's that we leave them all alone, never touch them, or that we get involved and manage them and, and eat them. <laughs> Like those, uh, that'll be a debate, I'm sure, for a long time to come. You know, the 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 former there, the the first example is a fairly new phenomenon. Um, what hands off? Yeah, the hands off phenomenon. I think is, you know, the vegan mindset is is new in the history of the world. Like, you know, and, and our human nature is it's, that's a new thing. So are vegans, relatively speaking. Though. Yeah, so I mean, vegans. That's yeah. what. That's what but, I do. but you know what's amazing is uh i don't know what it's like in the u.s but in the uk all of the big shops are embracing it like you've mm. never seen you yeah. know um asda which is part of walmart tesco <clears throat> marks and spencer all of them have now got vegan ranges out i think uh last week i think it was sainsbury's they're actually putting the vegan meat and i'm doing inverted commas here <laughs> air quotes uh next to the real meat in, yeah. in in the which to me is fine like i'm i'm t- i almost supportive of that but like, you, you know yeah. in france they've banned um sausages being called sausages if they're not containing meat because they they say yeah, that basi- that's, that's basically really it's not a, a sausage it's not a sausage it's not meat which i yeah. i get you can't just say it's, it's a, a vegetable it's, tube yeah you can't be like <laughs> I made these tires out of sand. <laughs> no, I can't drive on sand, you asshole. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a different nutritional element yeah. to those things. You can't, you can't be, you're not really eating sausage if no. there's not meat in there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but I think having, having the availability of that different lifestyle should be, you know, fine. I kind of bounce back and forth between, you know, these ideas. But I do think like, that's a, a fine way to live. Just don't tell me how I can do my it, thing. Yeah, exactly. It's not trying uh, to convert everyone else to what you're doing. It's yeah. just to try and help understand both sides. Yeah, and, that, and that's what, you know, I've always, I've tried to like rationalize this recently just because I talk so much and because sometimes things come out like they're hypocritical and, and it's not meant to be. It's just meant to kind of like address a certain situation. But like I, I, 
I think once you're in a community and you've hunted and you bought a license, you, you, you do, there is a responsibility there to listen to, you know, the community and, and, and think about how it can be made better. But if you're outside of the community, it's not for me to go to you and say, you know, you better come in that you, you better become a hunter right now. Yeah. If you don't become a hunter right now, you're an asshole. And that's what, and yet that's that's kind of the attitude yeah. of some people. That's the attitude yeah. of some vegans, though. Yeah, like well, no, it, well, yeah both ways. Both you're, ways, you're, hunters too. Like if you're not hunting, yeah. then you're part of the problem. <laughs> but that's not true. It's not true. It's just that it's not that the veganism or hunting is is not. They don't both have virtues. It's that the person that does them and turns them into like if you don't do this, it becomes a cult almost. Yeah, the vegan thing is is bad that way. Yeah. Like if you don't do this, you're evil. Like listen, bro. <laughs> 97% of the world is doing something is eating meat, is yeah. eating meat. so and in far worse ways than I am yeah, yeah I mean if we were at a party and there was 100 people and 3 of them were shouting at the other 97 they'd get kicked out right away <laughs> yeah. you like, just leave like if you don't want to be here leave um, but that's that, that that's what it what it seems like and that's what I told the vegan guy in, in Sacramento I was like listen man like I don't disagree with your life the way you choose to eat and the way you choose to consume there's a lot of other things I disagree with. One of them being that, that you don't believe I should be able to consume the way I do. And that you think your, your choice of the way that you eat and your lifestyle gets you off the hook for your own consumption. And that's the problem. It's yeah. a lack of realization of what your true impact is. Because yeah. ultimately that's what it all comes down to is what yeah. is our, what is our impact? He, and this guy goes, I love these animals. I said, you know what, dude, I know where they eat. You, you, you ever seen an elk? He's like, yeah. I said, well, listen, there's a lot of elk around that I know where they eat, where they sleep, when they fuck, <laughs> like how they interact with yeah. each other, what what highways they cross. Uh, I've I've I know where what timber they like to bed down in. Like I know these things about them. I we have we have a relationship. I know how many there are. I know which ones are dating. Like I know that stuff about them because I'm a hunter. I love them. Yeah. Like I fucking love them. And so. I'm not saying you don't love them, but you love the idea of them. I love them. I've seen because them. Because I'm part in a small way. You're part of. Yeah. You're part of it. Because like you you're, love. You're in the field. You love the the majesty of elk. I love the elk, like that are on four legs. We know? saw we saw two of your elk battling out at a gas station. In I, saw that. I saw that. I saw you. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Those all know what's they up. They were like, they're just like, you know, going at it. That's a gas price protest, <laughs> probably. <laughs> and then just at one moment, they just kind of stopped and just looked at us for like three seconds. Like, uh, can we help you? Yeah. Like, carry so on. We're busy and then here. they just yeah, carry we on. Go. Go. <laughs> like, that's as close as you get, sir. Yeah. Or I will ram your vehicle. <laughs> the strange thing is that with a lot of these, a lot of the, the issues that raise their head, like, your, like the grizzly bear issue that mm. you have here, yep. we don't have anything quite as uh, big, dangerous, and majestic as that in the UK, is that ultimately everybody kind of wants the same thing. And in fact, what should be being celebrated is the fact you went from, what, a couple of hundred animals to yeah. it being a s spread across half of what the, the native range would have been a few hundred years ago. I mean, that's an incredible story of success. And yet it sometimes feels to me like the... Um, the organizations of people who are vehemently against any kind of management which would involve hunting don't want the success. It's almost like they wish it wasn't hadn't been as <laughs> successful as it was because then yeah. they would still kind of be in their cage and they would still have a, a meaning behind what, what they're pushing. So yeah. at, at some point, you have to decide that 
you know we've achieved and now yeah. we can use it as a as a re- yeah and i like to i like to try to give people credit you know i like to think they think like just like i think i mean there's i'm sure if i sat down with an intellectual anti-hunter um that had done a lot more study than me they could make me realize a few things i'm um um, of course I'm wrong on or yeah. that I've, I've believed and that that's happened to me just through hunting and realizing that thing I was doing phew, probably not right so I like to give those folks credit and think they're probably thinking the same thing man they're probably thinking man if I if only we could just stop this thing and, and do it the way I want to do it we would have everything would be fixed you know I honestly but, believe it for the most part both sides of the fence it's all coming from the right place I think so people are doing it for the for what they believe to be good I, I choose to just, just approach it from that way, but also be pragmatic. If I see somebody being evil, yeah. I'll be like, yeah. that's why I said for the most part. Yeah, you seem like an asshole. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've met a lot. Like I said, I've met a lot of people that don't believe what I believe that are or that are reasoned individuals and intellectual in the way they approach it. Um, and I appreciate that. And that's, I, you know, on my show or my platform, whatever you call it, I would love to have those conversations. You know, I have. We were just looking at like future guests for for the hunting collective and I just wrote animal rights activist, vegan activist. I was like, can we find some of these people? Yeah. And I'm not talking just somebody that doesn't like hunting. I'm talking about somebody that has studied this and has, has facts and figures that we can talk through and resources that maybe I've never been, um, been a party to, you know, cause I, you know, at the end of the day, if I can practice what I preach on, on anything, it would be that like open-mindedness to other ideas because again, the scariest thing for me right now is the rigidity of our, you know, our ideologies and things that we say. So I don't want, you know, I don't want to be a part of that. I learned that from Joe Rogan. Yeah. You know, not like talking to him or, or knowing him, just listening to him. The king, listening of, to the, him, the yeah. king of podcasts, the king, the grand, <laughs> the grand Pumbaa of yeah. podcasts. Must be mentioned in every podcast yeah. featuring me at least <laughs> once. Uh, but I did learn that from him. Like he seems to like get excited for at the idea of having someone he might not agree with mm-hmm. yeah well he's got an, uh, an incredibly inquisitive mind yeah yep and he wants he wants to be right but be right by getting the knowledge to be right yeah yeah learning you know all perspectives important and having a left and a right but then you, f- you see and they've done this with me and with steve recently they like immediately when you start to like signify like or or put out there i'm in the center this is where i live i want to be in the center you immediately open yourself up to get attacked from eat both sides want to push you into the other side you know? <laughs> we but, don't want you yeah the left side is like push him over to the right so we can hate him and the right side's like push him over to the left so we can hate him you know that it doesn't like a, you know a reasoning individual that just kind of wants to get it right <laughs> it's, it seems because i've seen it done to joe you know so yeah, he was getting some stick recently about something. Wasn't no, it was the, the guy Twitter. from Twitter. Yeah. yeah, the Twitter guy. They called it a right-wing podcast. Yeah, yeah but I haven't listened like, to the show because yet, they didn't give him. Was, well, they, a lot of the comments were saying he they, he didn't give him enough hard time on privacy, privacy rules, privacy or rules, comments. And, yeah, things like that. So and I, think, I think. Well, I think like yeah, he he admitted some fault there. Like, hey, maybe I could have done well, better. Joe's just gone back on. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just gonna have him back <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. But it, I don't have a problem with the criticism. I mean, people probably criticize criticize. <laughs> criticize things that I say all the time. I don't have a problem with the criticism. It's just like attaching that criticism to the motivation that I'm Yeah. one way or another is where I get off the train. I'm like, listen, man, if you don't agree with the thing I put out, that's cool. I'm all for that. Uh, that's kind of what I'm in this for. 
But um, what I'm not in it for is for you to be like, I don't agree, which means he's right, which means he's evil, which means he's can't talk to me. We, people, we, it's we, pigeonholing. We've been told we're anti-hunting because people didn't agree with some things before. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, I really do like maybe that's just, you know, if, if we all got off social media and just talked to actual humans, we would never have it these would help. existential Som- crises. Sometimes I wonder, I mean, we started the podcast talking about all the benefits and the, the availability of information, but sometimes I do wonder whether if we didn't have all that shit. Podcasting. Yeah, keep be. podcasting. Keep podcasting. Keep podcasting, <laughs> but no social media. You probably like, People are nice because <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, I don't run into a lot of people that say things, negative things to, to me, to my face. Most of the people no. say nice things. All of them say. I don't people just need to talk to each other more. Yeah. But I, you know, I mean, it's in real life. <laughs> we've, yeah, shit. Guys that do what you guys do and what I'm doing, like we open ourselves up to kind of like it, some the beauty of the more perspectives. Like we, I, I try to answer and read every Instagram message or whatever I get or email I get. I try because I feel like that's the God, that must burn a lot of your day. It's a burn. <laughs> a burn. I got like 93 in there right now. I got to go get. But, um, but I want to get them in some way or at least read them because I feel like that's what this really – the, the positivity that it provides is that, right? It provides this like ability to – say something have someone react to it and and it becomes a conversation yeah it becomes a conversation and like that's that's the positive port but then that opens up some doors you'd rather shut but you kind of got to take that with you know take your medicine where that's concerned because it, it it opens up this vast conversation that like my dad could have never had the perspectives i had in the one year i've been podcasting he would never he would have to fly around the world to get him you know we are know. so lucky in that way that we can have conversations and hear from people who are genuine experts in whatever field it is you're having the conversation and take 20 years of of knowledge and research and okay you can't condense that down into even a couple of hours of podcasting but you do a, a really good job is done of disseminating that 20 years to your joe public who a, a could bite size yeah, and the bite size chunks yeah. That's in a, a way that yeah. you could never have the time to know. No, no. Yeah, so we're super lucky in that regard. People you know? listen to it in their cars while they're driving. On it's good use of time. Yeah, it's a good use of time. I always, sometimes I'll do go on the internet there and ask people like, "How you, where, are you, where are you listening to this at? It's just interesting. And it's all, it's so, it gets varied. People like, on my bike, when I'm running, yeah. when I'm working, I'm on a jackhammer. I'm, on, yeah, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Um, the, the range is, I, I would say, a good chunk of the people listen on their commute. Of our listenership, that, yeah, that tends to be the, the, the typical, kind of the typical, and then we have a big chunk that listen at work. Yeah, instead of doing work, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, just like I'm working, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no. and, and then all the rest of the things you just mentioned, yeah, big spectrum. Yeah, so I mean, we're we're lucky to have you know those outlets, and I listen to podcast. I I like this morning. I got up, I got in the shower, turned on a podcast. As I was getting ready to come to work, packing up my stuff, I got podcasts on. T- turn it off. Say, talk to my family a little bit. Like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> it's important. <laughs> yeah. How you doing? Love you. Turn it back on. Get in the car. Drive to work. You know. And I'll probably I'll do that again tonight when I go home. How long's your commute? Uh, Fifteen minutes. So it's got to be a short. Sure. It's got to be a short one. Yeah, you're gonna uh, do a lot of commuting to listen to like a three-hour <laughs> three special. Road. Sometimes it takes me a week to get through. It. <laughs> Um, but I just I, sitting yeah. in your driveway for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, home. I'll drive around my development. <laughs> yeah. My wife's like, I think I saw your truck drive by like four times. I'm like, no, nope, no, that's not me. Somebody else. Same color though. 
So what uh, what have you got lined up exciting for uh, Ben O'Brien in the next man. next few months? I'm excited. Like we're gonna re uh, kind of reformat my podcast. Um, Oh, can you tell? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to. Um, this one in secret. Like, nope, it's a secret, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Tell you No, I just, I'm a big fan of, we talk a lot about here, like, what's a successful media property and, like, how do you do it? And, I, and I'm and i I'm very much, like, want to just continue to change it and, and just test and, and push buttons and see if they work. And because I think that's. So don't press that button. There, yeah. With the, with the red what's light. this one? The red one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that did. That worked. <laughs> um, so I'm very, well, like, you know. Some some folks like get a thing they like and they stick with it and it's always that way, which is valuable. But my, I guess my strategy with this kind of stuff is just continue to change it. So it won't be that much different, but it's definitely going to be um, bringing on a bunch of sponsor folks and, and folks that would want to put their messaging around it. So rather than just stuff a bunch of ads in there, we'll have more segments. So we'll have an opening segment that's a reader Q and A and that has that discusses things from previous podcasts and then transition into an interview a guest um for however long that lasts and then like the ones that you've been doing yep similar so that that portion will be similar um and then at the end we'll have some some design segments to go through with that guest you know which um we've got some good ones uh one of them is like same thing think of a good example like whiskey and ethics so we'll break out some 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 booze and have like one, we'll have to we'll just say like baiting and then drink until we figure it out um that that could be a long night yeah it'd be a long night <laughs> uh, but just like you know we'll, we'll come up with some just some good things that that people can look forward to as just to mix it up yeah oh, that's exciting. I, l- up. I look forward so. to hearing the first mix up yeah so i'll 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 probably do something to like i take that stuff seriously so i'll probably do something like okay guys it's gonna change now here's what's gonna be um just to just try to do something different. So you don't shock your listenership. Yeah, like, what the f- <laughs> is he doing now? Is this, is this Ben? Is this him talking? Um, so yeah, just just try to. I'm excited about that and planning a bunch. Of, I got a bunch of turkey trips on the on the docket for Ooh, this yeah. spring. I have been told spring. so many times how awesome turkey hunting oh, is. You should come with me. It is gonna, we're gonna have to come back over the right time of year. Now, now we know that it's pretty easy to come across here. Oh as yeah, it, as in the flights, pretty. It works. Relax, well. It works well to come oh, here. Yeah, I mean I, that's you know I've been on a lot of long flights and I'm like if it's only if I only got to sit on a plane for eight or ten or twelve hours mm-hmm. to get somewhere that ain't bad. It's a couple of movies and a nap. Yeah, and I'm there. Yeah. Um, so I find that to be less uh, intrusive than other folks. But yeah, so turkey season is going to be a big deal. But you know, honestly, we're a content company, and I'm somebody asked me the other day like, what's your hunting schedule? I'm like, oh, man, I'm just not thinking about that right now i'm thinking about what's my content schedule yeah. of course that'll include hunting but well, you gotta write you gotta yeah. do something to write about it yeah man <laughs> but i'm just excited to like have it kind of be my job now where i get to go run around and do this do that stuff um and so we're launching i'll be launching a couple of like youtube series type shows and some different things with you in them or with me and oh great are they out um, yet nope no. nope they'll be we're just kind of throwing around a bunch of ideas about okay. what we might do so it's on the drawing uh, board it's on the drawing board right now um but yeah, stuff stuff that I think will be a little bit different and be a little bit, you know, that'll be a little bit different than what you see out there right now. So, so we're going to be seeing a lot more. Yeah, I think you'll probably months. see a lot more of me. Yep, that that's that's <laughs> for sure. Whether you want to or not, you can <laughs> always turn it off if you want. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm super excited about that. Like it, it, it's I'm man, I'm lucky to be able to have that opportunity to go and do that. So that's what's that's all my most of my mind space, if you will, is taken up by like 
what cool things can we do? Plus the live show in London, twenty twenty. Yeah, live. No, it's the whole tour. <laughs> the whole tour. It's the whole tour. We'll probably do We're London. Call Steve about that next. Yeah, yeah we'll get him before he leaves. <laughs> London, Cardiff, like we'll, we'll do it all. Yeah. yeah. Every major city in Europe. Pretty much. Yeah. Every, yeah. yeah. And we'll just hunt our way. Around. <laughs> Pick it strategically, yeah. starting about June. the season, moving yeah. around. Like June. Bring onwards. a big cooler. We're all meet. Ben, it's been awesome to have a chat with you face to face. Yeah, it's, it's always very different. It, it was a, a great yeah. podcast we did with you, which was which was very different to the one that we've had today when we spoke to you from the other side of the world. Yeah, uh, but face to face is always always better. Um, yeah. And I think we've had a, a good chat today that people yeah to take something from. Appreciate what you guys do, man. Keep doing it, and, and uh, you know, come over here more often. Uh, I, I think now we've tasted Montana. <laughs> we've only been here for a few days, but I'm already thinking to myself, how many more days are you here for? We uh, leave on the 19th. 19th. Yeah. Oh man, you're gonna kill it. Yeah. yeah. So we we've been in Seattle for a week before. Oh really? Yeah. yeah nice there. man. Well, so, uh, we spent some time with um, Filson, and then we were with. Uh, Long-time podcast listener. Long-time podcast listener. who's a oh, nice. sheriff's deputy, police dog handler. <laughs> so we got to play with the dog. and That's cool, man. Yeah. Well, enjoy Montana. I'll, yeah, we will. Uh, Tyler, you... Tyler's being a very good host. Is he? Yeah. Feel free to take that 10-high whiskey off my hands. <laughs> it could be an interesting like, night. <laughs> well, yeah, when I, was, when I was coming up, they'd call that rot gut whiskey. Yeah, I think that's exactly probably what it would do. Yes. Yes, it would. And on that note, thanks very much, Ben. Thanks, boys. And I hope to have you on again soon. All right. Hope so. Thanks for listening to the show. Join us again in two weeks' time. Well, it will be two weeks' time, other than the the show that we'll just slot in, including our our trip to the United States. Uh, We've got a busy few weeks, actually, of filming. I literally get home at 10 o'clock in the morning, and my girlfriend picks me up. And then we travel straight down to the middle of England for a job. I don't even get to go home first. (laughs) So, yeah, it's going to be a a busy... At least you'll be with your girlfriend. You don't need to go. True, true. But I am missing my dogs. Of course, they won't be with. Where are they? Apparently, Dad's agreed to look after Torrin. (laughs) Just Torrin. Well, uh, that's what (laughs) I said. And Beth said, well, Taka doesn't need looking after because he's an old man. It's only Torrin that needs, like, babysat. So, yeah, I'll have to wait an extra couple of days. But it's going to, yeah, it's going to be, I think we're going to be at home for the whole month, which is nice. Um, but after March, it's going to be manic again, um, back on planes, different parts of the world. If you would like to get in touch with the show, it is podcast at paceproductionsuk.com. If not, you can, what else can you do? Oh, you can message us on Facebook, Instagram, know, Instagram. as well, yep. which is pace underscore brothers. We love to hear from you on Instagram. That's our main uh, where we put all of our pictures up and, and probably where we get the most interaction most interaction and we put up we put up stories all the time on Instagram so if you really want to see what we're up to like it's just raw pr- stories pr- normally snapped on the iPhone pretty uh, up to date then then uh, that's, the, that's the way forward uh, and we encourage if you don't use social media just give Instagram a go uh, because it's kind of the the best I think out of all of them yeah. there's not much junk on and there. I think there's a general consensus because everyone we've spoken to generally says the same thing that either they don't use Facebook or they're going off Facebook um, but Instagram is what they like to use because it's just kind of you follow the pictures the people that you know and they put up the content that you expect generally and yeah that's that's it simple it's happy Uh, our website is 
all the W's, thepacebrothers.com, and you can listen to the podcast on a huge spectrum of uh, platforms. Uh, Spotify rapidly becoming the fastest one, and uh, I think most of you now do listen on, on Spotify. Uh, iTunes, no longer SoundCloud, people. The, the podcast is not being uploaded to SoundCloud. At all? I don't think so. Not even the latest three. No, I don't think so. It's it's. Uh, I need to look at it. It's a bit weird, but basically they 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 like to charge you two hundred pounds a year. If you're on a PC, just go and watch. Uh, just listen to it on YouTube. Yeah, listen to it. Or on Spotify. Most people have Spotify on their lap. <laughs> loads on their lap of different ways. Loads of different ways. Don't forget to check out the Pangolin auction, which is ongoing. There's three lots up right now. Um, I probably will put up another one this evening just after we finish recording this podcast. But every couple of days, there's going to be a new lot going out. So you don't want to miss out. Follow the Facebook page, um, Pace underscore Brothers, or periodically check in with our website, um, which Daryl gave you, thepacebrothers.com. And at the top, there's a tab that says Pangolin Auction. And everything is on that one page for you to find. And this last thing, I think, is don't forget to enter the competition for this podcast, which is to win a CZ doormat. And all we wanted you to do was... Share. Share the fact that you're listening to the show. That's it. But the details are at the beginning of the show. So if you've somehow ended up at the end of the show and you don't know (laughs) this, then just go back to the start. But uh, we'll see you again in two weeks' time. 